Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. I'm in my year of jubilee. I'm expecting celebration emancipation and restoration every day in Jesus name amen so God we tell you that we are open and we are ready speak Lord come on tell him say speak Lord give us direction give us instruction you're the God of the details you are into the details of our lives and for that we say thank you in Jesus name I just need you to encourage somebody close to you and just tell him say he's into the details of your life Come on, try another neighbor. Say, he's into the details of your life. Would you tag somebody and share this stream with somebody online? He's into the details of your life. Let's go to work. So this series this month is called The God of the Details. And we've been looking at Psalm 37, 23, one of my new favorite scriptures. It says, the Lord directs the steps. And watch me. You have to make sure that you make it your business to obey the direction. Because whenever you don't follow the directions, you're going to end up in unnecessary destruction. And I pray that not another day of your life you would be involved in any unnecessary destruction. You're not going to have an unnecessary bankruptcy. You're not going to have an unnecessary challenge. You're not going to have an unnecessary divorce. You're not going to have an unnecessary sickness. You're not going to have unnecessary anxiety. Watch me. We cancel every unnecessary issue. I'm going to try to manifest in your life. I wish you just lay your hands on yourself. Say, I will follow his directions. I will follow his directions. So Psalm 37, 23, it says the Lord directs the steps, which means he directs your starts. He directs your stops. He directs your suddenlies. He even allows certain pain because certain pain will be used to get you to a certain place in God. A certain pain will be used to get you to a certain place in life. Let's tell the truth. There are certain things you never would have done unless pain came and pushed you. Come on. 
There's certain things you never would have done differently unless pain came and gave you the push that you needed. There's certain people you never would have left until it got painful enough. There's certain situations you never would have got out of until it became painful enough. You ready? There's certain drama that you lived in you never would have got up until it became painful enough. There's certain toxic friendships you never would have gotten out of until it became painful enough. So the Bible says in Isaiah 66, 9, New Century Version, that the Lord will not allow pain without causing something new to be born, which means because God directs your steps, sometimes he will allow you to go into something that's painful, but there's going to be purpose in the pain. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. For every person that's ever dealt with something painful, in this building and online. I'm going to give you an opportunity to release a praise. Watch me. Here's why. Because the pain, watch me, it did not kill you. The pain is what actually brought you to life. On three. One, two, three. Release your praise right there. It's what brought you to life. It's what gave you purpose. It's what woke you up. Come on. High five somebody. Say thank God for your pain. Thank God for your pain. Let's go. He allows your starts, your stops, your suddenlies. He allows pain and he directs your steps. He doesn't discuss your steps with you to get your approval, which means you have to be okay with the fact that God is not seeking your approval, nor, watch me, nor you liking the steps that he directs. He's a general, which means he gives orders. Pay attention. He's a king, which means he gives decrees, which means you don't have to like it, but you're going to have to do it. It doesn't have to feel good, but you have to trust that it's working for your good. I remember growing up, there were two types of cough syrup you could take. And one was called Dimatap. It normally tasted good, but it didn't work as good. Another was called Robitussin, and Robitussin tasted awful. But you'd be held, look, you could have broke your arm and take you some Robitussin, and your arm would be fine 30 minutes later. Which means sometimes God will direct you into something that doesn't feel good, but it's working for your good. He'll direct you into something that doesn't look good, but it's working for your good because he's into the details of you, which means the steps he directs doesn't have to make sense to you. The Bible says he directs the steps of the godly. Well, who's the godly? That's the righteous. Well, who's the righteous? That's every believer, according to Romans 3. In 22, I'm about to flip the script because the enemy was waiting on me to do the invitation at the end of church today. But we're about to do that thing right now because there's some of you that are watching. There's some of you that are in this building and you are not saved. There's some of you where you're not, watch me, you are far away from God. And there's some of you, you're like, I don't know where things stand with God. The enemy was counting on distracting you so that by the end of the message that you would not come. But God's into the details. So God's about to interrupt this message. And we're about to have the invitation right now. So if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord. Or be sure, wherever you're at, in the building, slip your hand up online, do the hand wave emoji, or say, it's me. There's no guilt, there's no condemnation, there's no shame. One, two, three, you respond right now. Come on, church, celebrate those in the building. Online, do that hand wave emoji or say, it's me. No guilt, sir. No guilt, ma'am. No condemnation, sir. No condemnation, ma'am. God's coming to get you. He's into the details. So he said, I'm not waiting to the end. I'm going to get you at the beginning. And the last shall be first. Come on, pray this with me. Pray this with me. Everybody say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall or if I fail, give me the grace to get right back up again.
you're into the details. You didn't wait to the end. You came to get me right now. You flipped the script just like you're about to flip the script on some situations in my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. I need you to celebrate because God just totally flipped the script. He just totally flipped the script. You were waiting it to come on the end. For those of you that just prayed that prayer, that gave your life to the Lord, recommitted yourself to him, or you're now sure in this building or online, you scan that QR code or you text Harvest to 55498. And when you do, we're going to shoot you a message right away to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. You're going to select the option for salvation. And let me tell you why this is important. Because many Christians fall away within the first two years of becoming Christians. Why? They don't know what to do next. But we got you today. We got you today. I need you to make that response. Let's go here. Some of you are saved, but you do not have a shepherd. God is so into the details of your life. He directed your steps to this stream. He directed your steps to this building. He directed your steps. Somehow you've been directed because you just met your shepherd. You just met your pastor. Jeremiah 3 says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. And if I'm your shepherd, if I'm your pastor, you just text Harvest to 55498 or scan that QR code right where you're at. And you just enter the option for join HC because God says before he gets to the rest of this message, he's coming to get you. Now, here's the prophecy, because some of you say, wow, Bishop, God flipped the script. Now, let me tell you what's about to happen for everybody. The same way God just came and totally flipped the script in this message, I prophesy that in the month of October, the script was going one way. But I prophesy God's about to flip the script, overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more. I need you to open your mouth and release your praise right there. Like God's about to turn some things. He's about to flip the script. You didn't think it was going to happen. You didn't think that it could happen. It didn't seem possible. But open up your mouth and shout, he's flipping the script. Shout it again, he's flipping the script. In Jesus' name, release a praise right there in this building and online. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go, let's go, let's go. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Just like he interrupted the regularly scheduled message, he's about to interrupt what the enemy had planned. He's about to interrupt what the doctor said. He's about to interrupt what the lawyer said. He's about to interrupt what the judge said. I know they told you they weren't going to approve you. He's about to interrupt what the underwriter said. God is about to flip the script. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's go to work. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. He delights, the Bible says, in every detail of your lives. God knew that somebody needed to give their life to the Lord right now. Because for some of you, by the time this message is over, things are going to be different for you. For some of you, by the time this word is over, things are going to be different for you. For some of you, watch me, church ain't going to even be over. You're going to get a text message that reveals that something is shifted and something has changed for you. Come on, say, he's into the details of my life. Question is, what details? He's into the who in your life. He's into the what, the where, the why, the how, and the when. God is into who you are, and he's into who's around you. This is why you cannot be angry when God dismisses certain people from being around you, because he saw, watch me, what you didn't see. He heard the conversations that you didn't hear. He saw their heart towards you, 
And you couldn't see that because sometimes when you're dealing with people that have learned how to conceal their motives, watch me, you didn't see what was really going on inside them. He's into who you are and who's around you. He's into what you do. He's into what you don't do. He's into where you are. He's into where you should not be. This is why in the last three months of 2023, I pray that you be in the right place at the right time. Hear me. One of the names that we give to God is Jehovah Jireh. Say Jireh. Jireh means the Lord our provider. But Jireh is not really a name of God. It's really a place in God. Because the Bible says that Abraham named the place Jehovah Jireh. Which means he named that place the Lord will provide. You got to hear me. Which means when I'm in the right place, the place is going to provide for me. I need you to speak this over your life. Say I'll be in the right place at the right time. I'll be in the right place at the right time. He's into the who, he's into the what, he's into the where, he's into the why. God cares about motives. God cares about why you do what you do. And motives matter to God. Heart posture and heart position, it matters to God. That's why when they were selecting a new king in 1 Samuel in chapter 16, the Bible says that Samuel, the man of God, was looking at their outward appearance. But God says, but I look at their heart. I'm paying attention to who they really are. And heart in scripture refers to your mind. So God says, I really care about how you think. Oh my God. Which is why for some of you, you know what's really changing is your thinking. Your thinking's changing. The way you handle things is changing. The way you view things is changing. Your perspective is changing because he's into the details of your life. The who, the what, the where, the why. The how you do what you do. Excellence matters to God. God is not a half put together God. So we should never offer something half put together for him. David said, I will not offer the Lord something that does not cost me something, which means, watch me, whatever I do for God, especially, I got to do it with all of me. Is there anybody in this building and online besides me where you say, listen, God's going to get 100% from me. He's going to get my best all day, every day. Why? Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out. What's my soul, my mind, my thoughts, my will, and my emotions? Hallelujah. Would you fist bump somebody and say, he deserves your best. That's why I didn't need a praise team. I brought my own praise. I didn't need a band. I brought my own shout. Why? All I got to do is look at how good he's been, and he deserves my best. If I serve him, he's going to get my best. If I sing, he's going to get my best. If I preach, he's going to get my best. Whatever I do, God's going to get my best. And then he's into the who, the what, the where, the why, the how, and he's into the when. Say when. And I taught you this on Wednesday that time and timing matters to God. Isaiah 60, 22. The smallest family will become a thousand people and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation at the right time. Say right time. At the right time, I, the Lord, look at this, will make it happen. Which means when it's the, time, it's the right time, you won't have to make it happen. I'm going to say it again because you missed what I just said. When the time is right, you're not going to have to make it happen. God's going to make it happen for you. So for every person that keeps saying, I'm just trying to make it happen, baby, when you get to the right time, God says, I'll make it happen for you. I'll make them approve you. I'll make them say yes to you. I'll make it turn for you. I'm about to make it happen, but I got to get you to the right time. Then. I need you to touch three people and say the right time, the right time, the right time, the right time. The right time, the right time, the right time, the right time. He says, I, the Lord, will make it happen, and I'll make it happen at the right time. So, in Wednesday's message called Step by Step, Day by Day, we learn that God's into the daily details of your life. 
And this is important because sometimes you're looking for these big, huge moments with God and you're missing the daily step by step with God. You're looking for these big gargantuan moments. You're looking for your Goliath matches, but you're missing when you were in the back with the sheep. You're looking uh, to fight these big battles. You're looking for these huge moments, but you're missing the minute moments. You have to be careful that you don't miss God in the mundane. Because what may seem accidental or coincidental in your life, it's really divinely providential. What does that mean? Romans 8, 28, my favorite scripture. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together. Shut your mouth. It doesn't say that he causes all things to work. Because sometimes, watch me, you need failure because it's the primary ingredient in success. Let's talk. Bill Gates' first company, Traffo Data, failed. Oprah Winfrey did not succeed at first. Will Smith, before he became the great success that you see him as today, Will Smith had a bunch of tax problems. Y'all going to catch it in a moment. Which means sometimes you need failure because failure is the primary ingredient in success. Dr. Seuss didn't succeed at first, but billions of dollars later. You got to hear what I'm saying. Uh, For many individuals, Michael Jordan wasn't great when he started. But now watch me. He's entered into a totally different financial class of former athletes. What am I trying to tell you? Sometimes God won't cause all things to work, but he's going to cause all things to work together. Because you need failure because it's going to fuel you to your next win. Mm. You need failure because it's going to fuel you into your next success. And I just want to make sure that I'm talking to some mature people in the building and online where you can say, watch me. I'm not just going to praise him for my wins. Where the mature people at? I'm about to praise him for my failures too. On three, release your shout. One, two, three, go. I'll praise him for my failures. I'll praise him for what didn't work. I'll praise him for what didn't happen. I'll praise him for what was shut down. I'll praise him for what did not go the way that I wanted to go. Come on, fist bump somebody and say, yes, I'll praise him. Y'all ain't doing it the way I need you to do it. Fist bump somebody. Say, yes, I'll praise him. Type that in the comments. Yes, I'll praise him. He doesn't cause all things to work. He causes all things to work together as a plan for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. If you're alive, you're part of his plan and his purpose. If you're breathing, you're part of his plan and his purpose. If God didn't want you to be here, you wouldn't be here. If God wanted, watch me, if God was done with you, you could have died during the pandemic. If God was done with you, you could have died in the car accident. If God was done with you, you could have died during birth. If God was done with you, see, I need you to know that he's so under the details of you that you survived what others did not. I need you to know he's so into the details of you that watch me, that car accident, when you look back at that car, there's no logical reason why you're still breathing except for the fact that God says, wait a minute, I'm not done yet. Ah, I need you to just fist bump somebody and say, he's not done with you yet. I don't like the way they said that. They should have said that and put a praise behind it. Come on, say, he's not done with you yet. Come on, Denver. Come on, online. Say, he's not done with you yet. He causes all things to work together as a plan. Watch me. For good. Which means this plan is for your good. So don't, watch me. Feelings aren't facts. So the plan doesn't have to feel good. 
Feelings aren't facts, so the plan doesn't have to look good. Watch me. Feelings aren't facts, so the plan doesn't even have to sound good. Feelings aren't facts, so you cannot allow your feelings to all of a sudden now make you filter what God's doing through the lenses of your feelings. It says, all things work together for good. He causes all things to work together for good of those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. So what does this verse tell us multiple times? That God's a planner. None of this is coincidental. Oh, my God. You are not watching me by coincidence. You are not in this building by coincidence. You are not in the city you're in by coincidence. You are not sitting next to who you're sitting next to by coincidence. Y'all better hear me. You're not online by coincidence. Y'all got to talk. You are not living where you're living and doing what you're doing by coincidence. God's a planner and his plan includes you. But listen, but his plan is bigger than you. Oh my, that's important. Somebody say he's a planner. He's a planner. He's a planner. What is a planner? A planner knows exactly why they do everything they do or say. A planner is deliberate in their approach. And a plan, watch me, a planner, it's one whose job is to create a comprehensive or systematic plan or design. God is a planner. Come on, I need you to touch somebody close to you and say, God is a planner. He's a planner. He's a planner. Which means God says, God says, I know where I'm trying to get you. And I know that if I'm trying to get you somewhere... I know, number one, watch me, you don't do things, watch me, uh, you don't do things sometimes without being pushed. So I know you need a push, which means I know that the only way you get pushed sometimes is you have to be in pain. Mm -hmm. So God says, I know that part of your plan has to involve some pain. Y'all better talk to me in this building and online. I know that sometimes, watch me, you, you care so much for others that you will carry them when they don't even want to be carried. That you love others so much that you will drag them and really, watch me, their dead weight and baggage. And since you won't quit them, I know what you need. You need betrayal. Okay, y'all ain't going to talk to me today. You need some betrayal. Your plan needs a little betrayal because you're going to carry them until they cut you. You are going to walk with them because you're loyal because you always said I wish I had loyal people and your loyalty watch me sometimes makes you ignore the disloyalty of other people and so God says I know you need some pain I know you need some betrayal now here's the crazy thing here's the crazy thing here's the crazy thing I need you not to fit in with everybody because I can't watch me you cannot become what you're sent to change mm. so I need you ready for me I need you watch me I need you to feel like the black sheep let's talk I need you, part of your plan, come here, Joseph, is that you're not, you're not going to fit in with your brothers. In fact, uh, you, you're going to notice all of the lack of excellence that your brothers have. And this lack of excellence that your brothers have, you're going to bring it back to your father. Not because you're trying to tattletale. You're just trying to make sure that your daddy knows exactly what's going on. And Joseph, they're going to treat you different. They're not going to accept you like everybody else. I need you to not be accepted because if you are accepted by them, you'll become them. Mm. If you're accepted by them, you'll become them. I need for some of you, here's going to be your shout for everybody that rejected you. On three, one, two, three, shout right there. For everybody that rejected you, thank you for rejecting me. Thank you for abandoning me. Thank you for walking out on me. You are part of the plan. Come on, in this building and online. Somebody say, that's part of the plan. Let's go. You need, 
You need some pain. You need some betrayal. You need to feel like the black sheep. Okay. You, you ready? You ready? I, I know, Joseph, there's going to be a part of you that's going to really want to connect deeply with people. But the problem is, Joseph, is that when you are called to be a leader, Joseph, you're going to have to pick leadership over friendship. It's quiet in the building. So, Joseph, I need you. You ready? You're going to have to deal. Here's, here's what you need in your plan. Here, here's your plan. You need some isolation. You need, you need, Joseph, you need to be around people but not ever really be able to connect fully to people because if you get, watch me, if you connect too deeply, they'll make you common so they won't respect you as a leader. You got to hear me. So you got some pain, you got some betrayal, you got some black sheep, but I'm a planner, but I'm a planner, I'm a planner. I know exactly what's needed in your plan. I know exactly what's needed in your plan, and I know what's going to fuel you, Joseph. I know what's going to fuel you. I know what's going to fuel you. Um, you, you. You believe me, Joseph. Um, you believe that I can do it, but I need to make sure that you have some people, watch me, that doubt you. I need you to have some doubters. I need you to have some people that think you're never going to make it, I think you're never going to succeed, that are saying to you, why are you doing this? Why are you trying that? Be because I'm a planner. I know what you need, Joseph, because I'm into the details of you. Wait, 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 wait. Who can give God glory that he's so into the details of you that he thought through deliberately exactly what you were going to need to get everything out of you that he put on the inside of you? I just need you to high-five somebody and say, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. And his plan is working, and it's working right now. Let's go. So, so, so a planner creates a systematic plan or design. Let's go further. So I talked to you that time and timing matter to God. So uh, we are in the Feast of Tabernacles. And we talked about how that feast uh, represented three things. It represented their temporary uh, tents or booths that they would set up when they were in harvest time. We talked about how when it represented uh, not only those temporary booths, but it also represented um, when they were going through transition from Egypt into the wilderness, into the promise. Say transition. Now, here, here's what you need to know about transition. Uh, transition uh, doesn't always feel good. And for some of you, watch me, your life has many transitions that are happening. And look at me, they're all happening at the same time. Now, here's why you should be excited. If he's doing it all at the same time, that means you're going to get, watch me, you're going to get to your promise at the same time. I'll say it another way because you missed your shout. If God's transitioning lots of things around me and in me at the same time, that means I'm about to possess everything he's promised me at the same time. I, I wish you'd elbow somebody say it's going to happen at the same time. It's going to happen at the same time. All right, so, so Leviticus 23, 43, I made the Israelites live in temporary shelters when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I made them live in temporary shelters, which means I didn't let them get a feeling of permanent. I made them live in temporary shelters. And here's this crazy thing about these temporary shelters is that this is not comfortable. Not only is this not comfortable, everybody look at me, it's not convenient this is not convenient. Not only is it not convenient, you ready? But this is not how I calculate it. None of this, watch me, none of this feels good. None of this looks good. But what did we learn, Romans 8, 28? But it's all working for our good because God is always leading us in and to victory. Look at me. He's always, say always. He's always leading you in and to victory. Okay. What does in victory means? 
God says, every step you take is a step of victory. I'm leading you in victory, which means pick your head up. Stop looking down. Stop being sad. Stop feeling like a victim. You are not a victim. You are a victor. He leads you in victory, which means even in transition, I'm victorious. Shut your mouth. Even in my tent, I'm victorious. I remember, I remember, I remember as a teenager, it was a flash blizzard. I told y'all this story before. It was a flash blizzard. And uh, it was a Friday, and my car, my car had slid uh, under an SUV or into an SUV. I had a sedan at the time. It tore up the front of the car. On Saturday, it was like 80 degrees. It was a blizzard that night, and I was so mad at first because I was like, well, couldn't you at least be cold a whole weekend? Like, you know, if you're going to snow, for real, I'm saying, like, if you're going to be, like, at least snow the whole weekend so I feel better about this. Right? But I wake up. I wake up, and when I wake up, Mimi, when I wake up on, on Saturday, if the sun is out, I can hear water dripping, so I know the snow is melting. I walk outside, snow is gone. It was a blizzard Friday night, but now the snow is gone on Saturday. Pay attention. So what ends up happening? I had two choices to make. You ready? I could either sit there mad at how it looked, or I could get in my car, and I could let my sunroof back, and I could turn my music up, and I could drive in victory. Watch me. It looked vicious, but I still had the victory. Ah! And I need some of y'all. I know it doesn't look good, but you better work what you got. I know it don't feel good, but you better work what you got. I know you got people talking about you on your job, but you better walk in there like you own the place. I know your family's talking about you, but you better walk up and say, but if God be for me, who would dare? Who would dare be against me? Somebody say, I'm walking in victory. God is always leading us in, in, in. So even if you got to go to the court because you got a case, watch me, you walk in there like you got the victory. Watch me, even if you got to go to a car dealer and they say, we don't know what we can do, you walk in there like you can purchase every car on the doggone lot. Even if you're going to look at a piece of property, like I don't know how I'm going to pay for you, walk on there like you got unlimited funds because he, watch me, he always leads me in victory. Which means you're never going to see me walking with my head down. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. You're not a beggar. You're not a pauper. You're not a failure. You're not a loser. You're not a mistake. You are walking in victory. God is always leading us in victory, and God is always leading us to victory. Look at the screen, 2 Corinthians 2.14. But I thank God who always leads us in victory. Why? Because of Christ. Wherever we go, God uses us to make clear what it means to know Christ. It's like a fragrance that fills the air. God says, you're my example. You're about to show people what it is to start at the bottom and make it. You're about to show people what it is to take a bad hand and play that bad hand well. You're about to show people, listen carefully, what it is to be doubted, what it is to be in isolation, what it is to be the black sheep, what it is to have betrayal, what it is to have pain, but you still walk out on top. You're about to show people, come here, David, what it is for everybody to think that you shouldn't win, but you're about to win. Come here, David. You're about to show people what it is to be the only one in your family to make it out. You're about to show people. Somebody shout, I am the example. I... Look at me. This is why 
It always feels like all eyes are on you and everybody's looking at what you're doing and everybody's looking at what you're saying and everybody's paying attention to you and they ain't paying attention to nobody else but they're always looking at you because the Bible says you are the example. It says wherever we go, God uses us to make it clear what it means to know Christ. See, what if I told you God needed some people to see you at your worst so that when they see you at your best, they'll know nobody could have done that but God. They need to see you in your struggle and then see you struggle free so they'll know nobody could have done that but you watch me God has a plan for you you're part of his plan but his plan is bigger than you pay attention he always leads us in victory it's like a fragrance that fills the air but can I be honest say be honest bishop that process will often have moments where you ask yourself how did I get here how did I get here God I know you got a plan God, I know you're taking me through transition. But Lord, right now, I'm like Sherlock Holmes. I'm an investigator. I'm trying to figure out how did I get here? Watch me. Proverbs 24, 16. The godly. Now, I got to be honest with you. I may shout on this verse, and this may be church. Okay, okay so I'm just saying right now. I may shout on this verse. The godly, now we already established earlier that that's referring to you and I if you believe in Jesus. And we already covered the house. We covered online, we covered everywhere. So everybody, this verse applies to everybody listening to me right now. The godly might trip seven times. Watch the prophecy. But they will get up again. Sometimes while he's leading you in victory, you hit valleys. Sometimes while he's leading you to victory, you go through some vicious attacks. But the Bible makes it clear, even if you trip seven times, you will get up again. Why seven, you ask? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven is the biblical number of completion. Mm. Which means sometimes you're going to fall and fail until he completes something on the inside of you. Sometimes you're going to fall and fail until he changes something about how you think. Sometimes you're going to fall and fail until he makes you secure in you so you ain't looking to no woman, ain't looking to no man, ain't looking to no person to complete you. You're going to fall until he makes you complete, but you will get up again. I need everybody to just pop up out of your seat in the building, ain't no lie, and say, but I will get up again. I'll get up until I'm complete, and he's not done with me yet. He that has begun a good work, he's going to perform it into the day of Christ Jesus. Just fist bump or high five two or three people say, you're going to get up, you're going to get up, you're going to get up. You maybe You were tripping last month, but get up. You were tripping yesterday, but get up. You were tripping this morning, but get up. You were tripping in September, but get up. You may have been tripping, but you're about to get up. Listen, look at me. The godly may trip. I like, I like the way New Living says it. You can see the like the way New Living says it because... New Living uses the word trip, and I like trip because it feels like the urban colloquialism, why are you tripping, right? And one verse, it says, a righteous may fall, but I like the way the New Living says because the godly may trip. In other words, while I was on my trip to victory, in victory, I started tripping. 
Y'all better talk. While I was on my way to victory, walking in victory, I started tripping. I started saying stuff I shouldn't have said. I started thinking things I shouldn't have thought. I started doubting a God that's never failed me. I started speaking things I shouldn't have said. I started believing things that I knew weren't true. I started doubting myself when I didn't need to doubt me because I already had doubters that were doubting me. I started believing that it wasn't going to happen for me. I started believing that it wasn't possible for me. I started tripping. But while I was tripping, God tapped me on the shoulder and said, watch me. We're not done yet. Get back up. I need you to touch somebody's shoulder and say, get back up. Get back up. Get back up. Get back up. Get back up, YouTube. Get back up, Facebook. Get back up, Grape Street. Get back up. Look at me. It specifically says the godly will trip. So let me free you. Just because you had a human moment doesn't disqualify you from divine ramifications. Let me see if I can say it another way. Just because you had a human moment, it doesn't disqualify you from seeing supernatural results. He's speaking specifically to godly people, to righteous people, which means, look at me, he's telling you in advance, you're going to start tripping sometimes, which means don't stay stuck while you're tripping. But watch me, you're going to have to free other people up. You ready? Because other people will start tripping with you sometimes. And the same grace you needed is the same grace you're going to have to give. Watch me, because, because he's speaking to the righteous. He's speaking to the godly. But this doesn't mean we don't ask ourselves the question, how did I get here? And that's part of the way we start tripping. It's because we start thinking, well, something's wrong. <clears throat> this couldn't be part of the plan. He couldn't have possibly wanted this to be what happened. He couldn't have possibly wanted you to get that divorce. Let's talk. He couldn't have possibly wanted you to go through that loss. He couldn't. This, something's wrong. How did I get here? Well, there's a man that can answer this question. His name is Moses. Moses could answer this question for us. Moses comes to play and comes on the scene because Pharaoh, a new Pharaoh arises that enslaved the Hebrew people. Uh, in fact, this Pharaoh was so, was so wicked that he says that all of the Hebrew boys were to be executed at birth. Pay attention. For some of you, you need to celebrate the fact, watch me, that you made it as far as you have made it because there was a hit out on you from when you came out the womb. Let's talk. There's been a hit on your life. The enemy has had a target on your back since you came out of your mother's womb. Hebrew boys were to be executed, but Moses, his name in Hebrew is Moshe. Remember God's into the details. His name literally means to pull or to draw out. Pay attention. He survives when other Hebrew boys are executed. Wait, wait, wait. What have you survived that took other people out? Because that's not coincidental. That's not accidental. That's divinely providential. You a survivor. Would you help somebody say, I'm a survivor? I, in the comments, type that, I'm a survivor. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm. Let's go. Moses, it means to pull or to draw out. Now, he's born. Why is Moses born? Look at me. He's born and his name prophesies. They name him Moses because they drew him out of the Nile River. But when they named him Moses, they were prophesying that he would draw his people out of bondage. 
because God's into the details. He's born, watch me, and he's hidden. Listen to the prophetic significance of the time. He's hidden for three months. Okay. Okay. Listen to the significance. He wasn't supposed to make it this far. He wasn't supposed to make it this far. But he's born. Let me see if I can say it another way. He births something. And he wasn't supposed to make it this far. But watch me. But God's about to use him to draw people out of what they've been stuck in. God's about to use him to, because watch me. God has a plan. You're part of the plan. But the plan is bigger than you. So the Bible says for three months, his mother has to hide him so that, watch me, so that he continues to make it. And for some of y'all, you've been mad that you've been hidden. You've been mad that nobody knew your name. You've been mad that you didn't have the success you wanted. You've been mad that nobody booked you. You've been mad that nobody gave you credit. You've been mad that nobody paid you attention. But what if I told you you were only hidden from the hit? You were only hidden from the hit job. God hid you so that the enemy wouldn't know where to find you. God hid you so that your haters wouldn't know what to do with you. But what if I told you by the time these next three months pass, you're coming out of hiding. Please lay your hands on yourself this time. Say, I'm coming out of hiding. I'm Three months, he's hidden, but he's hidden from the hit job. God's so into the details of you, he knows when you don't need to be exposed. He knows when nobody needs to know where you're at. He knows when nobody needs to know your name. He knows when you're not ready for certain levels of attention. <laughs> he knows when you're not ready for certain things. And because he's so into the details of you, he says you're going to have to hide him for three months. Because watch me, if you don't hide him, they're gonna, the hit's going to get him. And for some of you, watch me, what you've been complaining about is what's kept you. What you've been mad about is the only reason you're still here. What you've been frustrated about, watch me, had you known what God was hiding you from, you'd say, thank you for hiding me. This next shout, watch me, ain't for everybody. But I'm going to take this one personally. Because sometimes God was hiding you until it was your right time. So when you step on the scene, watch me, he's assassinated all of the people that had a hit job on you. Here's your praise. Watch me. Everybody can't shop right through here. But I believe over these next three months, watch me, not only is God going to blow your mind, but you're about to find out what he hid you from. And you're about to watch me. God's about to platform you. God's about to promote you. God's about to raise you up. You're going to go from overlooked to overbooked. If I'm talking to you, put a praise in the building and online right there. Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to know what he hid me from. I'm going to know what he hid me from. I'm going to know what he hid me from. He hid you from a hit. What if he hid you from that relationship because that relationship was going to kill you? What if he hid you? What if he hid you from that job that you wanted because that job that you wanted was going to distract you from the assignment you were created for? Look at me. He's hidden for three months. He's raised different than his family as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he's raised in the palace. Pay attention. Listen carefully. He's not raised with his brother and sister, Miriam and Aaron, 
the, son, the other son and daughter of Yoshebel. He's raised in the palace, watch me, which means in many ways he feels like a foster child. Let's talk. In many ways he feels abandoned and rejected. Let's talk. Because watch me. You kept Miriam and Aaron, but you sent me down the river. Let's talk. You released me, but you kept them. And for some of y'all, you have dealt with issues of rejection and abandonment your whole life. And watch me. And I pray that God finally make it make sense to you. Because what you were complaining about, had you been kept with them, you would have been a slave. Mm. Had you been around them, you would have been a slave. You would have thought like a slave, acted like a slave. You would have made bricks with no straw. But God says, I'm going to snatch you out of that. And I'm going to put you in the palace. Because you're about to have a different palate. You're about to have a different appetite. You're about to have a totally different outlook on life than your brother and sister. I snatched you out. And I raised you in Pharaoh's palace. So you're used to the finer things. You're used to nice things. You don't know what it is to go through that same struggle that they went through. And for some of you, watch me, what you were complaining about was actually upgrading. You were complaining about moving to first class because you had already gotten comfortable in your coach seat. Y'all ain't gonna say, and ain't nothing wrong with a coach seat. I'm just making a point. Ready? Right, right. Because you got comfortable. You put your luggage up. I remember one time I sat on a plane, and I was going, it was a late flight. It was one of those dark, dirty flights, but it was a late, dark, dirty flight. It was a late flight, and I got on the plane, and I was good. And, and, and normally with a particular airline, they normally always upgrade me. And, uh, and so they just hadn't done it yet, and so I just, I just said, okay, cool, I'm tired. I said, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to sit in this flight. I'm ready to close my eyes and pretend like I'm asleep. Because, because, because you know, you're never good, good sleep on a plane. It's not good sleep. You close your eyes and then you open them. You feel like you've been asleep for two hours and it's been four minutes. Anybody ever done it? They're like, ooh, we, are we almost there yet? Listen, you, you still at the airport. <laughs> I've done that a million times. I'm like, oh man, we gotta be, we gotta be back by now. I gotta be in my destination by now. We, ain't, we haven't even taken off, all right? So, so I'd gotten everything comfortable. I was comfortable. And then the lady came up and she said, Dr. Foreman, Dr. Foreman, uh, we apologize. We should have, we should have moved you up earlier. Uh, Dr. Foreman, um, um, the upgrade's rating on you. I said, uh, and, and, and I'm like, you know, I said, okay. Uh, I was like, well, you know, it's, it's a different experience up there. It's a different experience. Different, different experience. You know, you get a little bit better food up there. You know, a little bit better food. She said, the upgrade's rating on you. But here's what I had to do. I had to get out of the seat I was in. I had to come take my luggage out of where I had placed it. See, I was fine with my baggage where it was. <laughs> but I had to take my baggage out. Watch me. And everybody had to see it. Y'all not going to talk to me. <laughs> see, watch me. God has a plan. And sometimes this plan means that things will not be comfortable for you. I had to take my luggage out. I had to do all of that. I had to go, and then I, I went, I did the seat and all that. The whole time, everybody's looking at me like, why y'all why moving him? Why y'all moving him? Y'all didn't move us. Watch me. But they didn't realize that, that in my app, I have a special account, which means, y'all ain't going to say nothing, that part of my plan guarantees that I always get upgraded. You ready? And I don't have to pay for the upgrade. It comes as part of my plan. I wish you touched somebody next to you and say the upgrades are part of your plan. The upgrades are part of your plan. God snatched you out of some stuff to be an upgrade. And it's part of his plan for you. Let's go. <laughs>
We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Look at me. So Moses is upgraded, and it's part of the plan. And so while he's probably wondering why he's been rejected and abandoned by his mother and father, his brother and sister are probably wondering, why does he get to be in the palace? See, sometimes the things that you, that you are angry about, other people wish they could have. Sometimes the things you're complaining about, other people wish they could be in. Pay attention, we're almost done. So Moses, one day, he kills this Egyptian that he sees abusing one of the Hebrews. He's on the run from Pharaoh who wants to kill him. And Moses runs to a place called Midian. Midian means strife. It means bitter. It means angry. But watch the turn. It means to judge and to govern. Moses, here's my plan for you. Because you're trying to figure out, how did I go from the Nile River? First of all, how did I go from my mama's house, hidden for three months, now I'm in the Nile River, Nile River to the palace, and now I'm on the run. I'm on the run from the thing I used to enjoy. I'm on the run, and I ran to a place there's strife. Watch me. He's bitter. He's angry. But this place is teaching him how to judge and how to govern. Because Moses, you're about to be the leader of two million people. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Moses. I need you to learn how to deal with strife, come on, with bitterness, and with angry people. And you need to learn how to govern even in the midst of this situation. He goes from the palace to being content living with his father-in-law. I want to preach this right through here, and I'm done. The Bible says that he lives with Jethro, his father-in-law, and his wife, Zephora. They all live together in Jethro's house. How you go from a palace... To living with your father-in-law. Okay, let's talk. Because for some of you, things have happened in your life that have humbled you. Because you never thought you were going to have to be in that situation. You never thought you were going to have to deal with that type of an obstacle. You ready? And the Bible says he becomes content living with his father-in-law. In other words, Moses is like, I'm good. I've been through all this. I'm good. But just because you're good doesn't mean God's done. So he's a shepherd for 40 years. Then Pharaoh dies. Here's your next shout. The Pharaoh that was chasing him to kill him, the Lord says, you're going to outlast and outlive the obstacle. Wait, wait, wait. What if I told somebody listening to me right now that watch me, you have just outlived the obstacle. I'm going to give you... Why y'all playing with me in this building and online? Lift your hands and just say, I've outlived every obstacle. I... Watch me. He, he outlives the obstacle. Moses, why? Why did you have to go out and be on the backside of the desert where nobody knew you for 40 years? Because Moses, I'm going to kill what wanted to kill you. But I, watch me. But I'm not going to do it instantly. I'm not going to do it instantly. I'm not going to do it the way you think I should do it. I'm going to let him live out his days because I want him to never have the satisfaction of getting you. I don't like the way some of y'all responded to me right there. I'm not going to let him ever have the satisfaction of ever finding you. 
He's going to look. He's going to try to find something on you. He's going to try to get you. He's going to try to make your life a living hell. But I'm never going to let your enemy have the satisfaction of ever getting you. Let's go. I'm done. He's a shepherd for 40 years. Pharaoh dies. And then God says, okay, Moses, let's talk. He has a burning bush experience. Moses has got to be thinking, how did I get here? How did I get here? I'm finally content. I'm finally, look at me. I finally made peace with the fact that I'll never be in the palace again. Okay, it got quiet right there. Because for some of you all, you have begun to conclude things that God hasn't. You have begun to put periods on things where God says this sentence is still going. You have begun to say what will never happen. And God says, says who? Now, we're about to go, but I need you to make sure you stir up the faith of somebody close to you. Would you just look at the person on your left and your right and just make them make this declaration and say, God is not done. 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 I know you're content, but God says, I got something else for you to conquer. I know you don't want no more fights, but God says, I got some more fighting for you to do. Moses, you are, watch me, at this point, Moses is almost 80. He spent 40 years in Egypt in the palace. He spent 40 years while God killed Pharaoh. And I want you to pay attention to that, because he wasn't just training Moses. He was disciplining Moses' enemy. Sometimes your delay is so God can tap their tail. Y'all ain't going to say nothing? That's Bible. Watch me. Moses is 80. Moses is trying to chill. Let's chill. Let's settle down. Because that's what I want to do. Just me and you. Listen, Moses is trying to chill. Moses is over it. And God starts a fire. God starts a fire. And he speaks to Moses from the fire. He speaks to Moses from the fire. At, at no point up until this point do we ever see Moses have this type of interaction with God. Which means Moses, you've gone, watch me. If y'all don't shout, I, you just better shout. Moses, I've been working a plan for 80 years and we've never had a conversation. You didn't even know what I was doing. You weren't even saved. You weren't even a Christian. But I was directing your steps. Moses, we've never spoken. We've never talked. But I've been behind the scenes. I've been behind the scenes planning to get you to this moment. And the first conversation you and I have is me saying, I'm sending you. Look at Exodus. I'm sending you. Come now. I will send you to Pharaoh. This is a new Pharaoh because the old one's dead. I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. He says, Moses, how'd you end up here? You ended up here because I needed to prepare you, to train you, because I'm about to send you. And I'm going to send you to do something that you don't think you can do, that you don't necessarily want to do, that you don't necessarily feel equipped to do. And in fact, you feel overwhelmed by. 
Because you're trying to tell me you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. And Moses, I'm telling you, you're my pick. I'm not picking nobody else because I just spent 80 years getting your behind ready. And I've got a limited amount of time to get these people out of bondage because I said it would only be 430 years. We're coming up on that time, Moses. So I need you to get back to Egypt. I need you to get on your square, get on your assignment and do what you didn't think you were going to have to do. It's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. It's not what you calculated. How did you get here? You got here because I got you here and I'm working a plan. Here's our last shout. Watch me. God is sending you. Say he's sending me. Say it again. Say he's sending me. Say it again. Say he's sending me. Look at me. How did you get here? How did you get to this state in this place of your life? There's something God has sent you to the earth to do. And now it's the right time. The right place. Doesn't feel like it to you. Because you had your plan. But God had his plan. See, we should make plans. Plans are good. We should plan. We should be planners. I'm a planner. I like, I like planning things. I, I don't like raggedy stuff. I like things to be planned out. But you know what I discovered? Is that you make your plans, and God says, that's cute. That's nice. But this is what we're doing. I needed you to plan so that I knew that you were serious. <laughs> I needed you to plan so that I knew that you, you were being deliberate. But I'm your God. And I'm going to work your plan. Lift your hands in this building, end of line. Worship your God that's a planner for five seconds right there. Worship your God that's a planner for five seconds right there. Come on, in the building, end of line. Worship your God. Five. He's a planner. He's a planner. He's a planner. Worship your God that's a planner. He's a planner. And the plan is working. And the plan is working. And the plan is working. Now, Exodus 3.10, Exodus 3.10, Exodus 3.10, watch the significance, 3.10, the verse, God plays the numbers, it's the 10th month, he says, Moses, come now, <laughs> therefore, and I will send you, now if you read the previous verses, God says, I'm about to come down and deliver my people, then God says, but I'm sending you, look at me, you are sent to the earth to do more than pay bills and die. You were sent to the earth to do more than have babies and die. You were sent to the earth. Come on, y'all. Let's go. To rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. This month, God's going to show you what you're sent to do. Lift your hands one more time. Say, my God is a planner. Say it again. My God is a planner. Listen, we already gave the invitation. We already invited people to connect to their shepherd. Here's the way we're going to seal this word. I'm going to seal this word with a seed. If you came in late, you weren't able to give, or you want to sow the seal, you get that ready. We're going to seal this word with a seed. For Exodus 31, our seed is going to be, or for Exodus 3 and 10, our seed is going to be 31. I'm sowing. We're sowing. Sowing 31. Right through here. We're sowing 31. We're sowing 31. Say, Bishop, I don't have 31. Get as close as you can to it. If you came in late, you weren't able to give, get your giving ready. Get your tithes, offerings, first fruits ready. We already gave the invitation. We already invited people to come to the Lord. I pray, did y'all get some out of this word today? He's a planner. <laughs> He's a planner. 
He's a planner. He's a planner. None of this is accidental or coincidental. He's a planner. Bishop, how can I sow the seal? You can use the cash app, dollar sign, Bishop Form with the number two. PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Givelify, all that's available. The email is hello at harvestchurch.church. You can mail it in, P.O. Box 441004, Aurora, Colorado, 844. I love you, Harvest. In this building and online, make sure you pray for our services, our experience, that's what we call them, tonight in Atlanta. Atlanta, invite some people, bring some people with you tonight as we build our team. God's doing something amazing in Denver and Atlanta and online. And I'm glad to be a part of it. You can scan that QR code to give. You can use text to give. Text them out to 84321. Tap the link into Harvest Church when you see the V. That's where you want to be. That's where you want to be. Lift your giving to the Lord in the building and the line. Say, Lord, I seal this word. You are a planner. And I can answer the question. How did I end up here? Because it's working for my good. There's a plan that's working. And that plan is prevailing. In Jesus' name, amen. Baskets are passing here at Grape Street online. You can hop off of the stream to give or use one of the digital giving methods. If you need prayer, you come down here at Grape Street. You just come down right after the experience to the base of the stage. I've got prayer partners standing by for you here at Grape Street. I'll see you tonight in Atlanta. And then, of course, Wednesday Night Live Bible Study, 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here in this building, 3590 Grape Street and online. Let's do it together, everybody. Love God, love people, and love life. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you and our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every day my employees get scam emails. I wanted to protect my business and clients, so I checked out CISA's Secure Our World. They've got four simple ways we can protect our businesses from online threats. Learn more at cisa.gov forward slash secure our world.